Hello, this is Terry Angus, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, well to anyone who asks, yeah, but can they do it on a cold Saturday afternoon in Stoke? As it turns out, they can. And without two of our most influential players too, as both Mitro and Harry Wilson were missing due to illness. Try and get the game called off? Nah, get in, get the points, go eight points clear at the top of the league. Wigo was there with me yesterday, and he's here with us today, complete with a sore head and husky voice. Plus, Morks is here too on this fine January Sunday morning. Deckled over and out. My name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, lads, let's be honest. Who feared the worst when we heard that both Mitro and Wilson hadn't travelled to state because of illness then, eh? I, uh, I was worried, I must admit, on the train on the way up. Um, when we first saw it from a couple of in-the-know sources that haven't been reliable in the past, um, to then, yeah, see it sort of start coming out and then Peter Rutzler tweeted it. Um, yeah, you start to worry, but then, you know, you realise that, that we do have a big squad and it is time for the players in the squad to turn up, step up and make, try and make a claim for a first-team spot. Um, and it was a perfect opportunity to, uh, yesterday. I think... Yeah, when the original uh, sources came out with it, I didn't put a bet on it, put it that way. And uh, But when, um, you know, Rutzler sort of comes out with it, you think, oh, he's a bit more reliable. And uh, lo and behold, they were all right. And I think when you look at uh, losing those two players in particular, there's always going to be some uh, scepticism whether the team is equipped to deal with such big losses. But... You know, Bobby Reed's done so well uh, when he's come in, for the most part. And Moon is, he's just so, he's almost like an excited puppy. And uh, it was just great to see him on the pitch in a league game. I mean, he's come over from Rio, where it's the height of summer at the moment, and he's playing in Stoke. I mean, if you're going to sort of, uh, you know, shine on the stage, that's the perfect one to do it on and show that you can do it. So really, really happy for him, really happy for the team. And it showed that, you know, even with a few injuries to key players, the team unity is there to do it. We have, you know, Silver's got the tactics right. And we don't need to be scared if we're down uh, a couple of players. I think, you know, ideally they'll be back soon. But at least we know from uh, from this that we can go into games with our heads held high and a bit of confidence. I was already a little bit nervous about this one anyway. I thought, on paper, it looked like a, a difficult away trip in the middle of January, coming off the back of those results. But, you know, but Stoke, Stoke are hovering just outside the playoffs. They're looking to get back to winning ways at home. Um, as you rightly said, Bobby Reed and Muniz came in for uh, for Mitro and Harry Wilson. But Kenny Tete came back in at right back as well. He went off injured early in the second half, and we'll, we'll come on to that shortly. But... Even without two of our star players, it's it's still a, a strong starting eleven. But any team's going to any team's going to miss Mitrovic and any team's going to miss Harry Wilson, aren't they? So I, I was I thought it was a very impressive result, you know. And the performance was all right; it wasn't our best performance, but the result was the key thing, wasn't it? 
that's it, isn't it? You go to a place like Stoke, and it's cold. It's I don't know if it was it wasn't wet, was it? It was just kind of cold and miserable, I think. Yeah. And you, just, if you can grind out a result, that's that's perfect. It's not gonna. It wasn't gonna be another seven nil or a six two, but you, we did what we needed to do and fought hard. And that's when you're up against it, especially going down uh, one nil so early on, to then come back into it straight away. I mean, that's two, three games in a row now that we've uh, conceded a goal and gone straight back up the other end of school, isn't mm. it? So, yeah. I mean, that shows that the, the character's there. In previous seasons, we would have scored, uh, conceded an early goal. Heads would have dropped and likely to have conceded another. But that's not how it works now, which is fantastic. Well, the game burst right into life immediately, so let's get into it. DiMaggio Wright-Phillips. We spoke about him as part of the preview pod the other day, saying that, you know, he's Ian Wright's grandson, Sean Wright-Phillips' son. He gave them the lead. I believe it's his first goal. And he was he, he tapped in from close range. It was a good ball in from the left. But it definitely felt like a lack of concentration from us. And, and Stoke came flying out of the blocks. I think at the time, because we equalised so quickly, there wasn't really any time to kind of blame anybody for it. I, I don't think I'd even spoken uh, between the two goals. I, I've just kind of like rolled my eyes and I was just collecting my thoughts. And then next thing I know, the ball's in the back of the net up the other end. But Wigo, are you giving any, anyone some um, some harsh words for the defending? Yeah, no one was shutting down time and when he put the cross in. Or if they were, it was half-hearted. I just watched the highlights before I come on. And Bobby Reed makes a half-hearted attempt. You can't blame fatigue. It was in the first bloody minute. So there's no excuses for it. And it did happen all game, really. They weren't being shut down enough. And that shows that you can get punished. But <clears throat> credit to us, you know, we switched on. Because after that goal, I honestly thought this could be a really long afternoon here if we keep defending like that. So um, credit to the players for the attitude they showed after going 1-0 down to um, go up the other end and get a goal. I think it was good movement by Wright Phillips, who, by the way, makes me feel incredibly old because I remember writing in his prime and to see his grandson now scoring. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not, not happy about that. Um, but I, you look at sort of where he came in. He, you know, he came in between um, Robinson and Ream where, I mean, obviously he was behind Ream, but he was in front of Robinson, so maybe he saw him just too late. But either way, it wasn't great defending. Um, would you look at Rodak and say that he should be sort of commanding his box a bit better, uh, organising his defence? But it happened so quickly that I just don't think they'd had a chance to really sort of, uh, you know, collect their, well, get themselves together, really. So maybe a bit a bit um, half-hearted in terms of, tackles and whatnot but I just don't think they were switched on yet and I think that's a thing it was a bit like the Bournemouth game wasn't it when they scored after six seconds of the second half they've really got to sort of click into it straight away we can't be letting things like that happen because on another day it could have been a very long afternoon yeah it was the worst possible start wasn't it in in that sense especially after already being nervous about playing Stoke away anyway and then uh, not having our, our two two best players but to start like that but you know, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, actually, that was a that was a pretty good goal. And maybe we should have blocked the cross from coming in in the first place. But it was a good ball into the box and it was a good finish. Um, and then we responded in the best possible way. Rodrigo Muniz with an absolutely brilliant finish into the top corner, having received the ball with his back to goal. And uh, what a way to stake, uh, stake a place in the team for yourself. You know, I mean, once Mitrovic is back, then, of course, Mitrovic is in the team. Um, but that, it was just a brilliant, brilliant finish. 
and also an assist for Harrison Reed, who Dylan was on the show the other day talking about uh, talking about him saying that he has had no um, no goal um, uh, contributions so far, no assists, no goals. But then the very next game, he, he sets that one up. So brilliant goal from Rodrigo, wasn't it, lads? What a goal! Amazing. He's turned about two or three Stoke players and hit it straight into the top corner. The keeper did not have a chance. And yeah, perfect, perfect response. You know, as I just said, great attitude from the players to be able to come back and, uh, you know, make it one all and then go again. But it was a crazy two minutes. So, um, you know, if any fans were stuck outside in traffic, then feel sorry for them, really, because uh, I missed a belter of a couple of minutes. I think you're sort of saying that Reed didn't have hasn't had any goal involvements this season yet. I think obviously because the way he plays, it generally gets to a couple of other people first before um, you know before he gets in the net. But he he was just so good yesterday. I thought you know he was all over the place. Uh, he kept the ball. He fought hard. I mean he does what Harrison Reed does. He just was particularly effective yesterday. But uh, yeah, great goal for Muniz. Just. He's obviously got a lot of talent there. And I was reading the interview that he did with the Brazilian newspaper on the uh, Fulham website uh, yesterday, actually. And he was saying that, you know, Silver sold in the project here, but also the fact he was clear with him that he would bleed him into the team little by little. And I think that's been the perfect way to uh, manage it because you can't thrust a 20-year-old Brazilian who's never played or hasn't even played that many uh you know, Brazilian league games into, you know, the championship and expect him to play week in, week out. But what he's done is give him a bit of a taste of it. And he's come in and he's scored, what, that's four goals now, I think, for him. And that's not a bad return, given the fact he's played most of his games off the bench. So I think he'll get the hang of it. He'll, you know, if we go and if we get promoted this season, then obviously the Premier League is a massive step up, but maybe it'll be quite suited to it by that point. So I think, you know, he's he's learning um, and you know, adapting to the culture and he's apparently learning the language from that little clip yesterday, which is also going to help. So and obviously the players love him, which also is a big factor, I think, in how he's going to settle in. Yeah, well, speaking of settling, the game did settle down a bit after that. And I don't think Stoke troubled us at all, to be honest. Uh, all the play was in their half, and after 33 minutes, Fabio Carvalho gave us the lead off the inside of the post. It's difficult to see it had gone in, we're going from where we were sat, wasn't it, in the away end? And there was there was a delayed reaction for sure, but it's four goals in three games for, for the Portuguese now, isn't it? And uh, and I don't know, it seems there seemed to be some question mark over whether or not Muniz touched it, um, but I don't think he did from looking at the highlights. It looked like it was Carvalho's goal. Yeah, I, I still can't tell, to be honest. The highlights are sort of iffy. And some people think it's Muniz, some people think it's Carvalho. But, I mean, the most important thing was it gave us another goal. Not that it, we realised straight away, as you say. You know, it was like Onoma at Huddersfield earlier in the season. It was sort of, the only reason I knew is I saw someone running over to someone yeah. else. And they jumped on them and I thought, well, they're not doing that for a corner or whatever. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a, <clears throat> a great moment. And, um, yeah, really deserved um a great you know counter-attack as well Bobby Reed did really well to pick out Carvalho and um it's a tidy finish even if he did maybe scuff it a little bit um yeah brilliant to go to one up there um and it was yeah handy goal something that we really needed going into half time I think the thing that tells me that it wasn't Muniz's goal was by Muniz's reaction because he he ran off to celebrate on his own and then it, 
then he thought I think he must have thought I can't claim this I didn't touch that so he went over straight to straight to Fabio I think any striker uh you know will try and claim anything hmm. if he's not even touched it half the time as always to get sort of a sight maybe if he's got like a, a you know a whisker of a stud on there then he probably sort of thought it was his uh whether he felt it or not so but I think he had to go and give credit to Carvalho. That was his. It was his goal. Uh, he just happened to be there at the time. So great to get uh, Fabio another goal, add another million onto his price tag. Um, make it six now, um, and yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully this is kind of the feel-good factor will drive and sunny uh, that contract. And you know, I'm sure. Uh, the the bright lights of Liverpool or Madrid or wherever it happens to be uh, looking out for him. Uh, Southampton, which is probably not quite as uh, glamorous, but I've seen them mentioned, uh, will not not deter him from spending another couple of years at the club. Yeah, we can't say he's going to be uh, with us forever, but it would be nice for him to uh, learn a bit more of his trade with us because uh, I think we give him the perfect the perfect club and the perfect uh, footing to really sort of develop his style, especially in uh, the silver tactics. I, I could understand the pull of a Madrid or a Liverpool or, you know, Manchester United or whatever, but I know there've been um, rumours of Southampton and Crystal Palace as well. And no disrespect to Southampton and Crystal Palace. And of course, when you say no disrespect, you're going to follow it up by disrespecting them. Um, but, <laughs> no um, offence, why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No offence, yeah. yeah, exactly. But why? Why would he go there? I mean, the, those I two think, teams, those two clubs are kind of in that same pool of like the bottom bottom half of the table, aren't they? They're always going to be aiming to stay up. And if and when we get promoted, we're going to be in that same pool. So I, I don't understand why you'd leave to go. I reckon go Southampton like have got that bit of, uh, you know, influx of cash from the Serbian guy. Yeah. So, you know, they might be able to cover Ayer and then they might come for Mitro next. But Crystal Palace is an odd one. They don't have loads of cash to spend. They're not going to be throwing around silly wages or anything like that. They're not going to. You know, I'm not quite sure what their youth system's like, but I mean they've had a, uh, a famously age, you know, aging team for the last few years. Obviously, they had a bit of a clear out, and Vieira's come in with a whole new style, which apparently is you know really good to watch. And it is, you know, they're a good club. I mean, they've got a very good fan base, but uh, yeah, it would just be a very odd move from on his part. But again. Rumours are just that for the most part. I think if anyone's going to come from, it's going to be one of the big boys. Uh, but at the same time, they, well, actually, to be fair, with Liverpool, he might look at Harvey Elliott and go, that's actually not a bad uh, model for him because they've developed him. They sent him out on loan for a season, but they were blooding him into, into the first team. So there is that. If it was Man City or Chelsea, then you would look at it and go, no, that's not going to work because most of those players just end up disappearing, uh, a la Patrick Roberts. Yeah, I mean, like you say with Elliot, the only thing is that he never really had any first-team football with Fulham, played a couple of games, come on against Newcastle, and then left. So, hence why he went on loan to Blackburn. If Carvalho went to Liverpool this summer and they loaned him out to a championship team, I'm sure he'd be right royally pissed off because the team he was starting for every week the season before will be in the Premier League, I like to think. And, you know, if he gets loaned out to, you know, somewhere rubbish like Bournemouth, who are probably still going to be in the championship, 
um, you know, to play for that boring <laughs> bastard in charge. <laughs> he um, won't be there. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, but um, you know, you'd you'd wonder why you've done it in a way. You know, stay for a couple of seasons, sign a contract, get some first team experience in the Premier League. All right, get a release clause put into your contract. Whatever, you know, just stay for stay for the next season. We are building something really special here. And I honestly believe next year will be a good season. Ah, uh, ah, uh, so naive. <laughs> I'm trying I to be gonna... positive. Yeah, I know. What's the I point think, of being maybe... negative yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, already. Uh, I think I think Ryan Sessegnon's a good model for that, to be honest, because he, you know, he came in. Obviously, there was all the rumors that he'd leave before we went up in 1718. He held out for another season, and then got his move. I think, and that from... was fair. That was fair, yeah, but we couldn't expect him to come down with us again. And I think in the same way, Cavallo should come up with us, play a season. You know, fingers crossed, it will be the season that we consolidate our place in the Premier League. But then if he decides that he wants to move on to a bigger club, then fair enough. But I think he he should give us another year. Uh, and really, I think it's just going to be his agent that's going to be dictating this because I don't know who he's got in but obviously he was bringing a new agent um, around now well it'll all become clear in the next few weeks and months won't it what's what's uh, what the future lies for Fabio but all the while he's scoring at the moment I'm I'm happy so um just after half time Kenny Tete got injured I don't really know what happened he was just laid down in the uh, in the penalty area for a bit and then the trainer didn't come on the physio didn't come on then he got up walked around for a bit and then laid down on the pitch again, much to the disgust of the Stoke fans. Um, it's quite funny that it's one of those situations which you'd be um, pretty annoyed about if if you were losing at the time and the other team did it. It did look like a bit of gamesmanship, but but then he went off. I think it was uh, a shuffle came... testicle. What? He got hit in the nuts. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't uh, it looked like he just got a uh, you know a whack from the keeper. Oh, okay. Um, but then to go down like that and then have to go off injured. I mean, it yeah. might have been a, like an actual groin injury, but I mean, it definitely looked like he caught him in the balls. So unless he did some serious damage, that has meant that he's uh, had to go off and, you know, <laughs> see a I mean, uh, it's a, as you just put it, mate, a shattered testicle sounds like some serious damage, to be fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was, not, uh, that was uh, neither confirmed nor denied by the club. So uh, I reckon they're probably, trying to, they're probably trying to word it a little bit more um, carefully. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Well, Dennis Adoy came on for him. And to be fair, Kenny does seem to suffer with uh, with injuries, doesn't he? He's, he's quite regularly unavailable through through injury. So could this once again be Dennis Adoy's opportunity to secure himself a more permanent place in the side for the run-in? He loves coming into the team towards the end of the season and, and just making the spot his own, doesn't he? So do you see that happening? Absolutely. Um, I think he's been, you know, recently as well, he's been pretty good. Um was it? Did he play against? Was it Birmingham in the week? He started, um, and I thought I thought he had a very good game. Um, after he got the assist, before he gave the ball away quite a bit and was a little bit ropey, um, but he's not all about defending. He can get forward, and that assist on Tuesday night showed it. And I thought he played well last night, um, yesterday when he came on, as well. And he's a he's a brilliant option to have at right back. And for thirty three years old or thirty four. Um, you know, he's still got it and he's still one of the best right backs in the championship, actually. If you look at um the who scored ratings 
I think he's second. He's had the second best right back rating. Um, so what a fantastic option to have. And I don't think he's uh, let us down at all this season. Funny though, isn't it? Because he's the, the, that one player that we kind of never expected to hang around. Because whilst he was a utility player and he's a bit of a cult hero, didn't think, you know, he would just disappear off back to the back to the continent somewhere. But he's hung around. He's earned his place when he's been in the team. He, you know, he's susceptible to the odd mistake, but then who isn't? And but he just puts in so much effort into his performances, and it's he's really hard not to love even if you wouldn't have him starting every game. And he certainly seems to be the better option. I don't know if Steven Sessegnon's even fit at the moment, but he's not near looking. Um, and what with Cyrus gone, it's either him or uh, Kenny. So I guess, you know, we, yeah, okay, maybe next season we need to buy another right back just because we can't uh, love Dennis, but he's not going to be playing right back in the Premier League at 34, 35 years old. And with Kenny having these sort of... Uh, you know, uh, being having penchant for particularly injuries, whether ankle or nuts, then it's uh, you've got to be sort of slightly wary of um, who you have available. I reckon Kieran Trippier will be available for transfer in the summer. I don't think he'll want to play in the Championship, will he? Oh no! Well, I don't think he'd be getting the same sort of money if he came to us as he'd get in Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle, can you pay most of his wages? <laughs> <laughs> we want your players, but we don't want to pay them. You can do that. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we said at half time, I was distinctly remember saying at half time yesterday, I see us coming out and scoring a hat full of goals in the second half. I, I really thought that we just up the ante a little bit, but it didn't happen. And just before the turn of the hour, Stokes' new signing from Chelsea, Lewis Baker, scored from distance to level things up. Wigo, I know at the time you thought Rodak should have done better here. Do you stand by that? Absolutely. I think he should have saved it. And I think if you watch... Do you? I don't at all. I definitely think he was let down by the defenders. Um, You know, the Baker got so much space. All right, Reed was... uh, Harrison Reed was chasing him to shut him down, but he had so much space on the edge of the box to be able to get a shot away in the first place. And, yeah, if I watch the highlights, I think he should have saved it. He got close enough to it. He didn't really look like he um, went for it. He just kind of fell to his left, um, really. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll stand by it every day of the week and say, I think Rodak should have saved it. Um, and if I look at that, that's another two goals this game. If I'm going to be negative about the whole thing, I'll say that's six goals in three games we've conceded now. We do need to start shoring up the defence, really, because, um, you know, you can't keep conceding goals in the Championship because, you know, a lot of the chances that we haven't conceded from in the Premier League, we will get punished. So we really need to start shoring up that defence and... Um, yeah, pretty quickly because let's hope we don't start score, don't stop scoring goals. It, it did look like you know on first glance it did look like look at like a bit of a worldie from the Stoke player, uh, come who it was. Um, but yeah, Rodak did go down a bit late. Whether he was unsighted or whatever, I don't know. But he, I don't know. He's I like Marek. He's good. He's earned his right to be first choice. But I'm not overly convinced he he's the one at this point. I know he's still quite young for a keeper, but when if and when we get promoted, don't want Gazaniga obviously as first choice. But do we need to go? You know, do we need to go with the uh, signing a Ariola-esque uh, 
star keeper again. And I'd like to say no, because I'd like Rodak to actually sort of earn his, you know, earn it again, earn his right to play in the team. But the last few games, I've not seen anything special from him. And at this point, I'm not even sure he'll be number one by the end of the season if he carries on. I think he needs to start, you know, commanding his area better. I the think backlash to... against Rodak begins. It's not backlash. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly sort of, I don't know, wary that perhaps his place in the team has come, well, no, is, you know, he gets a lot of support because of who he is, but he's not done anything in the last few games to suggest that he, you know, is the rightful owner of that position. I think he was right to be given a chance because Gazaniga wasn't playing well, but at the same time, if Gazaniga were to come in at some point, I wouldn't be upset or shocked. Rodak made, yeah, made a couple of good saves at the end of the game yesterday. The one where um, the guys, I think it was Tymon, he's taken the ball up in the air and turned knockout and had a shot on the volley and Rodak got down and saved it well. You know, it was a quality save. And then, but there, I, there, I there were really occasions like where him. he was not gathering the ball and things like that. He just kind of, he, yeah, I think maybe he needs slip. a bit more sort of, he just needs to become a bit more authoritative. In his in his goalkeeping, and maybe that comes think, with age or what. But he's you know he's an international keeper. He's he's he is a good keeper, but I just think there needs to be something about him that needs to improve. And but you know I think I always feel harsh criticizing players in that way. Um, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we have a number one who is reliable, who is um, has the ability to really organize the defense and make those saves that Rodak, yeah, okay, maybe he's saved a few shots and he is a shot stopper, but a few have flown in in the last few weeks that, you know, maybe we're being harsh to say so, but could have been stopped by another slightly better keeper. But look at those six goals. We've conceded six goals in the last three games, right? The two against Bristol City, I don't think he could have done anything about. They were two very good finishes. The two against Birmingham, again, two good finishes. And then the two yesterday, I mean, you've just said you think he should have saved the second one. I don't... I. I think that was, just goes down as a very good goal. Maybe if his arms were um, half an inch longer, then he might have got fingertips to it. Um, but I, I think sometimes you just have to hold your hand up and say that that was a really good goal. It's not like, you know, teams are ripping us to pieces and creating a hat full of chances. They're not. They're just scoring from distance um, or yeah. a couple of goals on the counter-attack here, here and there. But I don't think you can blame the keeper for that. I mean, the Birmingham one, uh, was it the Birmingham one where he got beaten at the near post? Was that no, City. City, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, with uh, Sameo or Samedo, whatever his name is. Mm. Um, you know, should he have been beaten there? Okay, he put a lot of power and he put his laces through it. But I mean, mm. you know, the whole adage of a keeper not being beaten is near post. He may have gone down too early or something. But I, I think, I think probably I'm being a bit harsh with this, but I'm still stand by. I'm not convinced that he's uh, ready to be a first choice Premier League keeper yet. Yeah, I think I, I think I'll agree with you there. All right. Well, at this point in the game, we've got half an hour left. How did you see it going? I mean, I don't mind admitting that I thought the game was going to slip away from us. I felt like Stoke were in the ascendancy at that point, and had we gone on to lose the game, I would not have been shocked at that point. No, neither would I. I um, yeah, I was kind of saying. I think we take a draw at that point. We weren't playing very well. We couldn't keep hold of the ball. Um, you know, they were doing quite a lot with all their retirement home players as well. They seem to be getting, moving the ball about pretty well. Um, no Shawcross-esque sort of um, balls, really. 
So you can tell Stoke have definitely sort of changed over the last few years. Um, but yeah, as I say, we weren't very good and we didn't look like we were really going to create any chances. It just, just nothing was coming together. Nothing was coming off. And, you know, none of the play was really down the end that we were sat or stood. Um, and it was frustrating. It was really frustrating because Fulham fans aren't used to that, which in a way is a good thing because, you know, you've got to start getting used to that. And that's those are the results that means more. They're the champions performance. They're the results that get you promoted. They're the results that win your leagues. Um, so, yeah, it was a struggle, but it was worth it. And um, I'm so happy we got the win because I didn't think we were going to get it. I think, um, right, sort of Stoke really were in the ascendancy for most of that second half, obviously after they scored as well. But to dig in and get that goal and then again hold on after that showed real character from the team. And it was, I mean, the, the goal itself was brilliant. And, you know, it was a great corner from Kearney. And I'm not sure if we've seen enough of those great corners from him. I mean, there have been some, our set pieces this season have been brilliant, but it was great to see him put an absolutely pinpoint one in there. A uh, great header by Mooners, very unlucky for it not to go in. But that finish by Bobby, I mean, that's, uh, you know, we've seen a few good goals from him in recent times, but that that, that was as sweet as you can get it, really. And, you know, it was brilliant to see him get on the score sheet. And, yeah, I think just when... When we uh, when the uh, say that again, when we score a goal, you can see all the players celebrating. It's not like sort of you know it's it's all about the team, and I think he's just you know one of those players as well who just adds to that. And I think uh, yeah, it's it was a very good defensive performance in in the uh, to hold on, but also just taking our chances, especially when we thought the chance had gone after it hit the crossbar. Yeah, it also well and truly dispels the myth that we can't come back and win games from a losing position, doesn't it? That's the second time we've done that in three games now. Um, and as you said, fantastic finish from Bobby, wasn't it? Um, really enjoyed that goal. And we were watching the um, the highlights on the train on the way back on your phone, Wigo, weren't we? And just just said that lovely little uh, little flick from that defender just to take it out of the uh, out of the way of his other defenders and right into Bobby Reed's path. I think it's really poor defending from Stoke as well, actually, because if your keeper's going to come out that far, you've got why are there no players on the post? Because the keeper is in no man's land, way in the middle of the box. They've got no one on the post. So you give him Bobby a free hit at goal, and it's a great finish. But there's no there's no no one in his way, no one standing on the goal line. It's mm. terrible defending, really. Um yeah. so I think Stoke have got to look at themselves there and say that's a preventable goal from a defensive point of view, but we'll take it. Three points away and went mad, which was uh, yeah. brilliant to be involved in. I know Baldo won't be happy about the limbs, but, you know, <laughs> it's what it is. Can you imagine his limbs coming down? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a half a stand. No offence, Baldo. I can, but, yeah, no, no offence, but, um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't believe Michael O'Neill complained that there was a foul on the goalkeeper in there as well. I've, I've watched it a few times. I That's can't see it. It's straws. Really That's proper clutching goal. at straws. Yeah, I think he'd be a bit he, he was, more hard. He wasn't very good. He's, he's he's Northern Irish. He's seen worse yeah. things than that. There's um, the, the, I he's not their first choice goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper's Joe Bursick, and he was, I guess, he was injured or sick. I don't know. He he was might have been sick. Yeah, yeah, very sick. Well, Stoke at the post late on with a deflected shot that did have Rodak well beaten. 
had that gone in, I think I would have ended up feeling hard done by it. Again, though, even when we took the lead, I thought I can still see them getting an equaliser here and this finishing three all. But we just ground that result out. And overall, I think we deserved the points, didn't you? I think, yeah, I mean, yes, I'm going to say yes, we did deserve the points because we played really well. We stood up to the pressure that Stoke put us under in the second half and uh, team performance was, I thought, very good. Had Stoke got a a point out of it, I would have said they may have deserved it as well because I thought they put in a, a good, solid performance against a team who are incredibly high on confidence, having seen how we'd battered teams over the last week or so. But those are the games, as you say, you know, the six twos and the seven nils are brilliant. But to come out of that with a win, that is a proper championship performance. Uh, and, you know, to be able to look back at that at the end of the season, that's when you look at it and go, right, those are the games that got us back into the Premier League. Yeah, completely agree. Um, well, Nathaniel Chalaber came on for Leeskins Cabano with around 25 minutes to go. And then one of my favourite moments of the day, Anthony Knockart making his cameo in place of Bobby Reed towards the end. I love the uh, the chant of if Knockart scores are on the pitch. Just I woke up this morning singing it. It's just so stupid, but I loved it. I, I thought Knockart played well when he came on as well. Um, yeah, he had good feet. He looked like he wanted, you know, it was good to have those fresh legs, bit of, a little bit of extra pace to have, um, which was handy. And he did the job. He helped see out the win. The only thing I would complain about is the fact that he got turned for that uh, time and volley. He got turned very easily, but it was a great bit of skill from the Stoke left back. So fair play to him. Um, It would have been great if Knockout scored, and he nearly did at the end. So uh, hit the side netting, which, yeah, yeah, would would have been insane. I think I could have sensed the... People would have been flying a few rows, I think, um, if that had gone in. <laughs> Overall, it was quality and he'd come on, did his job and helped to see out a really crucial win. Yeah, very nicely put. Uh, Bournemouth lost at home to Hull, so we're eight points clear at the top of the league now. Blackburn are playing Middlesbrough at home on Monday night, but they're currently without Ben Brereton and Diaz, who's away on international duty with Chile. That being said, whatever their result, We'll have still played one less than them by the end of the game. So we're in a lovely little position now, aren't we? It's, it's uh, the old cliche is ours to lose at this point. Yeah. We just need to keep going. And this is this is where the endurance of this league kicks in. We've got, what, 19 games left, I think. And if we could obviously keep defeats to a minimum, but just keep plodding on, just, uh, you know, getting those results, making sure we make as few silly little mistakes as possible. And, you know, promoted by end of March would be lovely, but mm. let's, uh, you know, again, this is going to be full of cliches, but we've got to take one game at a time. Because if we start looking ahead too much, or the players start looking ahead too much, that's where the focus becomes a bit diluted and, you start sort of uh, seeing other, you know, goals slip in and not sort of uh, scoring as many. But we're playing so well at the moment, and there's such a good morale within the team that it's really hard to see us losing it from this point. So I think, you know, as long as Silver can keep them happy, keep them motivated, I think, uh, yeah, we're in a very, very strong position. We've scored 73 goals in what? What is it? 27 games. Yeah. So 
it, I think it's all right for us as fans to start looking at the fixtures and thinking, well, you know, if we if we um, if we go eleven clear of uh, of Blackburn, then you know you start to think, well, that's best part of four games with our goal difference, isn't it? So and start working it backwards and thinking, hmm, when can we be promoted? I'm gonna I'm gonna say now, I think we'll be promoted at Middlesbrough. I think that's going to be the night, and that that game has been moved to um, to a, a midweek, but it's half term. So hopefully we'll get a, a good number of followers up there. I don't know. I just I just feel it in my bones. That's when we're going to do it. Yeah. What what date in? I thought it was in February. This no, it's the fifth of April. Yeah. Yeah. QPRs right. on the second. Uh, QPRs yeah. on the second, okay. and then Middlesbrough's on the fifth. Yeah, because. It'd be nice to get promoted. At, be nice to get promoted at QPR, though, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to win the league at Bournemouth. Nah, we'd, the we'd have won well, it by then. We'd have won oh, it by well, then. They'll have to give us a guard of honour. What a shame! <laughs> what a shame! I will honestly. Ninety minutes dr- of the Scott that, Parker chart would be absolutely brilliant. That will yeah. be my favourite away day ever, even if we lose. Just to watch that, and you know, I'd sort of come on to that point about Bournemouth well we did warn you and uh, it has been great seeing Bournemouth Twitter go into absolute meltdown and the <laughs> forums as well it is one of the greatest things I've seen and um, fair play to Hull as well they've come out of the game against second and th- two games against second and third with six points and you know credit to them and fair play to Dylan's mate for scoring the winner for Hull yesterday so um, I think we all owe him a few beers Um and yeah, it really does put us in a good position. We really are in the ascendancy now. And um, I I can't see us losing this. I'm usually a bit pessimistic about the whole sort of football thing. And I'm quite, um, you know, worried, trying to have my expectations low. But I, yeah, I cannot see us losing it from here. We are much better than any other team in the championship. And you look at when we played Bournemouth early December, they were rubbish, really. And they, they were second. They were, they were, they are crap. They are rubbish, and we only managed to draw to them. So, um, yeah, I do think it is ours to lose, and I think it's time to now sort of start building to next year. Let's but have law it. Of average, I think law of averages year. state that we really can't lose this. You know, seventy-three goals. Oh yeah, no, no, no team would realistically drop from you know top of the league having scored that many goals. But I've been doing this too long. You know, to yeah. really sort of get too, uh, too not optimistic. I'm optimistic. Uh, too carried away. Uh, that's the one. And <laughs> so, but I think I think yeah, you've got to look at it and go. We're going to be back in the Premier League next year, uh, hopefully as champions. But certainly, I can't see three, uh, two teams overtaking us from this point. No one's overtaking us, mate. Let's let's come on to man of the match for Stokes. We got to wrap this up. Uh, I am going to say. Moon is for yeah. that goal, partly. I thought he was brilliant anyway. His first touch is a little bit ropey and that can be worked on. But um, the goal was fantastic. What a way to uh, state your claim. And um, yeah, I thought he played well all game. Made himself a real nuisance for 39-year-old Jagielka um, after Derby at home in November where he didn't do much for him. So um, yeah, Moon is my man of the match. Um, yes. We haven't actually seen Mitrovic come up against Jagielka, have we, this season? But anyway, yeah, go on, Morg, sorry. Uh, I'm going to go Knockhart. I thought he was brilliant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go Harrison Reed. I thought he was absolutely uh, exceptional yesterday. Uh, his heat map will basically be you know, the whole pitch, I think. Hmm. He, was, he was great. He did everything for the team, put himself around, you know, got his assist, which is great. 
and just uh, an all-round brilliant performance from him, I thought. Yeah, very nice. I, I agree with you, Wigo. I'm, I'm going to go with Muniz for that, for that, just for that goal as well. Um, it's good to see him come in and, and take his opportunity. So fair play, but all-round decent, decent performance from the team. Um, not the most emphatic um, when you kind of put it alongside recent results, but you know we've we've gone there and we've got the result. And J Mac said he he would like to see us you know win ugly, and I guess that's kind of what we did, even though it wasn't the one nil that he was hoping for. I'll take the three two, I take the three points. Nice one. All right, that's your lot for this time, folks. Cheers, Morgs. What else are you doing with your Sunday, mate? I am off for lunch with my dad. Yeah, very nice, very nice yes. too. Boozy, boozy lunch. For me, I think he's driving, so but he, he's paying, <laughs> nice. so yeah. <laughs> very nice, too. Very nice, too. How about you, Wigo? What are you up to, mate? Just going to watch a football, mate. I need a day to relax after yesterday. I'm <laughs> knackered, <laughs> knackered, right. tired, hungover. Yeah, I just want to sit down on the sofa and watch a load of football. So that is what I'll be doing. Very nice, too. Yeah, likewise, I just need a, a very low-key day today, I think, <laughs> after all of the excitement from yesterday. Good stuff. Well, as always, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to next Saturday's match with Blackpool at the Cottage. So until then, have a great week and speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.